Hello and welcome to the Pactum Individual Hello. Listener. I'm Mike Grimes here today with Pat Avendroth, and we are ready for another episode of Evangelikitch. Oh, I wonder if people are liking Evangelikitch. They liked the first one. Yes. Uh, second one, uh, yeah. I, don't, I don't really know what the reviews are going to be like on the second one. Yeah. I haven't Third seen one, it. it's going to be amazing today. Going to be off the charts. A third time is a charm when it comes to Evangeli. Mmm, tastes good. Oh, wait a second. No energy. There's no energy. These are empty calories. Empty calories. We've got the snow globe going. We're ready for Evangelikitch 3.0. Evangelikitch with the Pactum snow globe. Do you have any Evangelikitch for today? The the bottom says it's made in China. I thought for sure it was made like in Geneva (laughs) Uh, or or something like that. that. I can't believe that that's a cheap knockoff. I can (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> it's like a genie thing you know you have to the, the aladdin genie thing and then somehow you have magical powers i just shake the it's, snow globe it's pat's new fidget toy during the episode that's what it is it's a what what were those called fidget, fidget spinners. spinners fidget spinners yeah there you go yep all right so mike i as we talk about these um slogans as we talk about these sayings that sound profound and yet when we think more about them maybe they're not so profound what we want people to be doing uh is we want them to be hearing and saying you know what here's what's good about that and here's what's bad about that yeah and therefore we could retire it um but we shouldn't be saying it anymore so we're not trying to be critical <laughs> i am so critical on these episodes i don't know we're, we are trying to be critical because we want to say old things pass behold new things have come <laughs> Let, let, let's move forward on our slogans. Yes. Slogans are nice because they, they capture things, sort of like labels. Yep. Uh, and again, they sound profound, but at the end of the day, they might not be so profound. So that's right. why we're doing the series. Yep. And before we go any further, though, I, I do wonder if we can do some new merch. Okay. Uh, I, I don't think we can because I think we would lose our our G rating. We would when, oh, when it dear. comes this to can't be good. different platforms. <laughs> so here's a Pactum fun... listeners. I have no idea what's going to happen. <laughs> I, this, I this is I don't know. So in teaching theology for breakfast, we're reading the John Fesco book right now that deals with uh, Adam and the covenant of works. Yep. And as we're doing so, there's a chapter uh, on in there, and he there's t- a chapter in there. <laughs> Come on, dude. <laughs> so he, he he uses he talks about the pactum, but he's not talking about the pactum. Okay. He's just he's quoting a source that talks about uh covenant related to covenant. The word pactum. So pactum means covenant. Yeah. And it's called the Nudum Pactum. What? Right, yeah. He's, yeah. So so sure enough, what? one of my friends, one of our friends, a friend of the Pactum, uh wondered if we were gonna have um some new like body wash. <laughs> <laughs> and offer it on our store. <laughs> so we are not going to do that. No. Um, it's it's uh, it it means an agreement that's unenforceable. Okay. So it's it's Latin. <laughs> oh my gosh. So we are not going to introduce body wash. But I thought it was pretty funny. Oh, that is funny. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's. Uh, How many of these do we have today? I think we have seven. Okay, uh, we've got remaining s- Evangelikitch. Yep, and I think we're going to retire this after this. We're yes. not going to do 4.0 anytime, anytime soon. Yes. We might do it again. We, we might, could we at some point. Maybe we bring it back. But uh, as we get started with these seven Evangelikitch sayings, slogans, oh, wait, what have you. Yeah. I, I wanna, before we do that, I want to speak into your life. Oh. <laughs> 
And here we have number one. Ding, 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 ding. Number one, speak, speak into, into my life. I mean, okay. Six out of seven of today, I am 100% guilty, and I've definitely okay. said or have been a part of these sayings. Okay. So, speak hey, into my life. How about this one? Have you said this before? What? Speak into my life? Yeah. Yes. You have? I'm, I'm confident I've said it. Now, can I give you the exact time, date, and location? No, but I am confident. <laughs> I, I have been a part of some kooky, wacky things in my past, okay? I've been a part of some strange youth camp experiences where it's all about the experience. Okay. And, you know, it to my shame. So when I hear speak into my life, I think of two things. I think it either sounds like charismatic psychobabble, uh, Kenneth Copeland, Kenneth Hagen, mm-hmm. Pat Robertson kind of stuff. Speak into my life. It's like, I, I, I don't get it. What do you mean speak into my life? What, I, I have no category for this, um, but it sounds charismatic, uh, charismatic psychobabble. Yeah. Did I say that before? Yeah, you did. But that's okay. okay. So charismatic kind of mysticism, or it sounds like maybe like a sports celebrity thing. Mm. Like I, I could hear somebody say, you know, to Alan Iverson or something <laughs> who he wants to be mentored and say, Hey, I want you to speak into my life. Okay. I think that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think that's an appropriate application. But yeah. in, in evangelicalism, evangelical kitsch, it, I don't think we should be saying speak into my life. What, yeah. in, what in the world? I, I don't know. You, you like it? No, I don't. I okay. now I now I don't. I used to like it and would say, "Let me speak into your life a little bit." <laughs> speaking into my life as he's speaking into your life. I I had no idea you've experienced this. I'm kind of I kind of like it that you have. You've been around the block. I come Mike. from weird places. So I I read one person describing this because I was trying to get some traction, finding out you know who says this, why they say it, um, and one person put it this way: it's a religious pseudo babble. Oh, that's why it was stuck in my head. There you Not go. psycho babble. It is a religious pseudo babble word for encouragement it is 100 percent. i'm trying to encourage <laughs> let me encourage you but instead it sounds really cool if i say let me speak into your life a little bit okay this person went on to say but it, it usually amounts to someone who has no clue what they're talking about <laughs> giving true. you advice you didn't ask for it's true and you know what i would venture to say that a lot of the times it would have nothing to do with scripture oh okay i for my personal experience because <laughs> we're experience experience oriented here on the pactum a lot of it would have nothing to do with scripture i mean sure maybe some principles or some things you could draw from sure, scripture but sure. i'm not going to actually reference the bible i'm not going to allow god's authoritative word to speak into your life it's going to be okay me <laughs> because what we're trying to do is we're trying to reach people where they are. We're trying to be missional. Yes. Oh, well, that's the next one for today. Two. Number two number on two. our evangelical cheese whizzy. Sounds profound, maybe. In fact, this one does sound profound, but you know what? On f- Upon further examination, uh, missional. Mm-hmm. I think this one maybe has fallen on hard times. Yeah. I, are, are you, people don't hear still as, you don't hear it as much as you used to. I okay. think maybe within the past... Well, I don't know, 10 years or so, it's kind of... Yeah, my missional movement books are actually behind where you're seated right now. Brian McLaren, yes. those kinds of authors. Um, oftentimes, they, end, they ended up being heretics. Um, yeah, Rob Bell. Rob, Rob Bell, yeah, that's Bell right. Missional. So missional is good because if you want to think like a missionary, you'll go into a different culture. And let's just say you move to a different country, you're a different city, you're in a different city, you try to fit your way. You learn the language, you mm-hmm. learn the manners, you learn yep. the customs, you want to fit in because you want to communicate the gospel to people in a way they can understand. 
And so in that sense, yep, we should think like missionaries. And I think Christians should think like missionaries. Yeah. Yeah. How can we communicate effectively, clearly, but oftentimes being missional just turns into a, I don't know, how, how can I compromise? Yeah. How, yeah. (laughs) In the effort to look like, sound like, and be like the people I'm around, what can I do? What can I toss out? So I'll be acceptable to them, and they might like what I have to say. Yep, I'm swearing because it's missional. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Never mind the fact that the Bible says we should have wholesome words proceeding from our mouth, not unwholesome ones. Right. I'm actually not doing it because of a biblical reason. Uh, so it, things like that get wacky, and the whole emergent movement was that way. Yep, yep. Uh, lots of really bad theology, but done in the name of, well, we just have to be missional yep. and speak into people's lives. <laughs> See? It, yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> It is. Oh, but in all sincerity, I'm actually for this. I, I, even as a preacher, I try to use synonyms. I try to speak in ways that people can understand me, but I'm not going to take the big words out. Sure. Let's do the big words. Let's do the Bible words, but let's try to help bring people along because there are always new people or there should be. Yeah. And so we're trying to help people at all different levels and we're trying to think maybe like they think. Yeah because we're trying to help them to understand things they don't know. Yeah. So joking aside, I'm, a, I'm actually someone who tries to be pretty missional, but I won't ever use the label because it's trendy. Trendy, yeah. For watering things down, which yeah. is not so cool. Yep, it's kitsch, evangelic kitsch. <laughs> evangelic <laughs> kitsch. What kind of jelly do you like? Do you like jelly? Uh, yeah, I don't have it much, but I mean, I'll do the standard grape or strawberry, peach. I'll, yeah, but okay. I don't... Yeah. Now is jam the the stuff with the the chunks in it? I don't, I don't know. I've never understood the difference between jelly, jam, preserves. You're going to get emails. I well, I would love to be educated okay. if you know the difference between jam, jellies, and preserves, and what have you. Okay, and I love all kinds. You know what's good? That's Mike Grimes at thegospelcoalition.org. <laughs> you know what's good is when you take a block of. What cheese? is it? A uh, block of cream cheese. Okay. And then you dump a can of, what kind of jellies that they use? Something jalapeno jelly. I've on heard top of this of, before. Whoa. It doesn't sound too good. Hey, oh. Yes. We have Pactum <laughs> listeners who make their own of this kind of jalapeno jelly. Oh, seriously. Shout out to the Hare family. And whoo, it's, it's good. tasty. Oh, okay. yeah. It's good nice. stuff. Now, whether it's jelly jam or preserves, I don't know. Okay, I like the I like the pieces. I like the chunks inside, but I don't really eat that kind of stuff very often. Uh, I think I would go for raspberry. Ooh, that'd be good like without that. the seeds. Oh, no, I want the seeds. Oh, you do. Oh, I want I want like I'm orange juice pulp guy. Oh, uh, don't give me the pulp fiction. I want the <laughs> I want real pulp. I want pulp nonfiction. <laughs> I can't what I do want. it. Can't do it. Yeah, my wife can't do it at all. Oof, but I have, house divided. I I probably haven't had a glass of orange juice for thirty years, um, twenty five mm. years. But man, some pulp. Oh yeah, baby. Chewing on your juice. Mm. Mm. Well, let's keep moving on with our even jelly kitsch cheese whiz and jelly and orange juice. We've got number three, incarnational. Incarnational. I that, keep, this that makes is me really, think of flowers. I don't know, but carnations. Oh, carnations. Yeah. Incarnational would be related to missional. Yes. So it's a great idea. Again, let, let's let's embody. Let, let's do the right thing. It kind of relates back to the deeds, not creeds. Sure. People like that kind of thing. Let's be incarnational. Let's let's be Jesus mm. uh, to someone else. Mm. And, okay. <laughs> right. You're <laughs> over there having having your little moment. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus became incarnate, right? He became one of us, John chapter one, and he he became incarnate in order to save sinners. Yes. 
And so we are going to, he condescended to do that. So we condescend and go into, you know, other people's worlds, if you will. Sure. Yeah. Um, and we're there because we want to bring the gospel to them and we want to show them, show them the love of Christ. So in that sense, I think I'm for being incarnational. Sure. Um, yeah. That's positive. But at the same time, incarnational does have a history, does have some baggage, and the baggage tends to be, again, theological leftist. Uh, it has to do with people who end up denying the gospel, so you don't preach the gospel, not the biblical gospel anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just incarnate Jesus, and we show them, and therefore they're drawn to us, uh, right. and, and it kind of ends there, uh, and that's not where we're coming from. So let, let's... Let's not over pendulum swing. Let's not just yell at people about Jesus, right. a la like fundamentalism, you know, fire and brimstone angry at people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, let's not over pendulum swing. And now we don't say anything and everything is just, it's incarnational ministry. Yeah. But I'll guarantee you this one, if it's, if it's kind of on the lull right now, it will come back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it will come back in pop evangelicalism with ev- with its evangelic kitsch. Yes. And it's going to sound oh we're so profound. Uh but back to we can't live the gospel and yeah. we're not yeah. Jesus. And so let let's be careful about this one. Let's not go there. Yeah. For sure. All right, moving on. We're doing number four because we have seven. Yes, we do. Number four is gospel-centered. Okay, I've used that one. I like that one. There are definitely redeeming quality. Wait, we're not supposed to say that about qualities. (laughs) Yeah, no. But I mean, you see gospel, so that's good. That's right. We want to be centered on gospel and Christ and that. Yep, it's we, all good. We do, but today it seems like everything is gospel centered. Yes. So, okay, on the on the one side, let's think gospel centered as in Christ centered. Yes. Which can also be misused. Yes, it can. Yep. W- when everything is gospel centered, then there the maybe nothing nothing is actually centered on Christ and the gospel. Right. It's if, all. If everything is a gospel issue, it seems like before you know it, nothing is really a gospel issue. Right. So if everything is gospel centered, and before you know it, nothing is really gospel centered. At least that's where I'm coming from. So let's think in terms of we read the Bible and we're not just reading only about miscellaneous Bible characters. Mm. Uh, How does this relate to the good news of salvation in Christ? Sort of like redemptive historical hermeneutics, redemptive historical preaching. It's gospel centered. We're looking for how everything relates to Christ. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we, We like this kind of thing. We like Graham Goldsworthy's emphasis, for example, right. uh, in his gospel-centered hermeneutics. Yes, that's good. So don't mishear us, right. but, 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 but it does seem like now all of a sudden, every, people have caught on. That, Everything. That, that this sells. It's the buzzword. I mean, Google gospel-centered whatever you want, and it will be there. Yep. yep. Have you ever had gospel-centered cupcakes? <laughs> well, I, it, I'm i not sure. It depends if they uh, the all of the ingredients, Mike, were uh, ethically sourced. <laughs> <laughs> we we laugh because there was an article yes. that the Gospel Coalition posted. I think so. Yes, yeah. it was Gospel Coalition. And it, yeah. it was the kind of the laughing stock of a lot of people, and mm-hmm. rightfully so. Yeah. Because, come on, dudes. Gospel-centered cupcakes. Um, gospel-centered cupcakes. I, you know my favorite cupcake? What? My favorite cupcake is uh, one that my wife makes, and it's red velvet, but mm. it's a special, yeah, it's a special red velvet um, mm. recipe that has cayenne pepper in it. Oh. And the frosting has cayenne pepper and cinnamon in it. Oh. It's a kind of a spicy. That sounds good. It is 
fee. Is it just enough to <sighs> give the little little tinge of spicy, or is it enough to be like, it, it, that's got it, some heat? It does not cause the weak to go cowering. Oh, okay. Anybody, anybody can handle okay. it. But, um, oh, man. Mm. Probably my favorite dessert. So Red velvet, delicious. Yep, yep. Spicy. Um, what is it? Spicy red velvet? I don't know what it's called. But anyway, it's awesome. So all of that to say, we like cupcakes, gospel-centered cupcakes, all the better. <laughs> but we don't think there is such a thing. So um, I don't know. I, I'm still all for it. Yeah, I, I like yeah. things. For example, like the big picture story Bible. Yeah, they came out for kids. Awesome because it wasn't just random deity of Daniel, deity of David stories. Sure, yeah, it was gospel centered. Yeah, and that's some fruit of the movement. And I think we were very not gospel centered for a long time, even in even in evangelicalism. Right. So I, I'm thankful for the recovery, but now it's probably time to try to stop making money off of people by yeah. labeling everything gospel. Yeah, I'd say it, it's a good thing that happened in the evangelicalism, but then the marketing train just whoosh, just yep. took off with it, and it, it got out of hand. Definitely. Yep. Yes. Okay. Oh, the next one, number five on yes. the evangelical list. This is an this is an oldie but a goodie. Yes, very it much is an so. Oldie We've but got a goodie. number five on evangelical. WWJD. What would Jesus do? Okay. Yes. I, I kind of missed this one. Yeah. Uh, this happened after I'd become a Christian and I was kind of disconnected and I didn't really pay much attention to it. I definitely did. You imbibed. I had you, you bracelets. I put, you know, I thought of this today. I put a WWJD bracelet on the headstock of my guitar. I used to have one wrapped around up there. Ooh. Did it help you play? Oh, I played so many wrong notes, it didn't work. <laughs> See, it didn't work, because no. what? how would Jesus play the guitar, Mike? He would play it perfectly. Absolutely no perfectly, like no one has ever played it before. So what would Jesus do? He would be a perfect guitar player. Yep. Yep. Hmm. I've seen this in other other realms. Well, that's not our biggest critique, though. Our biggest critique of the WWJD thing... Oh, first of all, to the positive, uh, it, it is good to do what would honor Christ. Yes. Yeah. So, all right, what should I do in this situation? I should do what is good, righteous, and holy. I should do what is biblical. I should do what would honor Jesus and not dishonor Jesus. Right. Yep. We follow Jesus, honor him through obeying his commands. That's all good and right. So it is a great question to ask, but what happens is we forget that the most important thing, Christianity is not about what would Jesus do. Yes, you heard it correctly. Christianity is not about what Jesus would do. Um, Christianity first and foremost is about what Jesus did. Yes. So what, what did Jesus do? Oh, oh, yeah, but everybody knows that. Um, no, you haven't been listening. You haven't been listening. What did, what did Jesus do? And then in light of what, so we need two bracelets. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to W D J D that. It doesn't. Have I think a ring. I think people have already tried it. Okay. So we're kind of late to the party on this one. Okay. But I wanted to make sure we included it. Sure. Yeah. So what would Jesus do? Great question to ask. After you've asked the question, what did Jesus do? Yeah. So maybe one anecdotal story to tell about this. I watched some sports, um, some Christian sports leaders. I guess I don't know what to call them. Christians who in a sporting organization, a Christian sporting organization. And just watching them train the kids and, and how they were training them at a weekend event. And uh, they were playing basketball and, and the kids would be playing basketball. And then the, the leader would like, like get in their face like this like super um, intense, super passionate, zealous kind of coach. Uh, and, and he'd say, all right, stop. 
you know, everybody pause, you freeze, like freeze tag, everybody freezing. Okay. What would Jesus do right now? Tell me what it was like, it was so weird. Like what? And I, I mean, I, I was a speaker at the event, so I was like the oh, key, no. keynote speaker. So I didn't want to say anything, but I'm standing there going, um, I think Jesus would shoot and score it and never miss. Dunk it. I, <laughs> you know what? You're getting ready to shoot a free throw. Um, Jesus wouldn't miss. Yeah. Um, unless he wanted to miss on purpose. So a- anyway, it was just really, really, really strange. Mm, so yeah. why did I bring that up? Well, because sometimes we somehow think everything's all about what Jesus would do. Uh, no, what did Jesus do? And then let's think in terms of what does Jesus want me to do? Yeah. Now, thankfully, I should say that one of the other leaders was standing next to me, and he looked at me and he said, what do you think of all of this? And I didn't need to say much, and he was like, yeah, I, I get it. This is this is kind of crazy, yeah. kind of strange. So we like Christians. We like Christians who play sports. We like sports. Um, we just want to think more clearly about that which ends up being kitschy yes evangeli kitschy all right well, let's keep moving on here we've got a couple left on evangeli kitsch 3.0 and this one is the bible is the guidebook for life everything i need to know is in this book i've heard that before i've Ev- definitely heard that everything i need to know is in this book which sounds so pious it sounds so good uh, Everything I need to know about God, everything I need to know about redemption. Yeah. Um, but it can't be that everything, no, no one actually believes that. Right. Well, maybe somebody does. Well, yeah. They should listen to the pactum. Yeah. So, yeah, everything's in the Bible that we need to know. Again, everything we need to know about Christ is in the Bible. We don't need to have God telling us new revelation. We don't need to hear it from the Vatican right. or anywhere, yeah. anywhere else like that. I like the sufficiency of Scripture. We we believe in the sufficiency of Scripture. Sola Scriptura is actually um, near and dear to pactum hearts. Yep. But what about the negative? Why wouldn't we want to say everything I need is in this book? It doesn't talk about everything. You won't find everything about life in the or, Bible, or how to do a pod- how, how to do a podcast. How to do a podcast? Let me check the Bible on what it says about that. It's not in there. It's it doesn't, not. It doesn't talk about how to fix your car, how to cook, how to there, make, you know, there's, there's any number of things you can think of in your life that you may be faced with the decision or some kind of task you're trying to do, and you're not going to be able to find the answer in Scripture. So we, we can be grateful that most people who say things like this don't actually live in light of no, what they, they say. No, they don't. Right. Yeah. If they did, it would, it would not go well for them. Right. But everything from mathematics to medicine to... I mean, just it, the list, the, the list is infinite. And I do like to point out to people that the Bible itself says we're supposed to learn, for example, Proverbs six, six, we learn from ants. Yes. So if we have to, if we have to learn from ants, we have to learn from things outside of the Bible. Right. So yep. we learn wisdom from uh, ants aren't even unbelievers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so they're not even made in God's image and we learn from them. So see episodes on natural law for a little bit of help there. We're not trying to knock or denigrate someone's love for the Bible, that God's word is wonderful. It's more valuable than gold. But that very same super important, valuable book, when we say the sufficiency of Scripture, we're saying we don't need any more new revelation. Right. Uh, So we're not saying this is all you need, um, unless we mean a certain thing by that. Right. But just... 
if you if you watch almost daily, you'll hear Christians speaking like this or tweeting like this or things like that. Hold on, it's not it's not actually what what, what you mean. Uh, it's not actually what Christians before you mean. So it's not a guidebook for life because I'm trying to figure out what car I need to buy for my son. Yeah, um, and I can't find it anywhere in yeah. the Bible. Yep. Yep. Maybe the conclusion is my son doesn't need a car. <laughs> <laughs> no car for you. It's not in the Bible. Sorry, son. There you go. <laughs> Figure that out. Okay, Mike, we're on the last one. We are. We've come to the end of the list of Evangelicage 3.0. Yep, and there are more. There are more. We know that there are more. Yes, there are plenty more that yep. we could be listing here on these episodes. So the last one for today's episode is number seven, God loves the sinner and hates the sin. Couldn't that be true? I've said that before. I've said it before. Yes. I've, I've I've said it before, and I had a little old lady take me aside politely uh, and gently, uh, and she said, "I'm pastor." No, I wasn't a pastor at the time. She said, um, "Have you read Psalm five five? Mm. And I was like, um, uh, yeah, but what does it say? What's it say? Help me out here. <laughs> so for, for a little bit better nuancing, we do have it in the Bible that God hates all evildoers. Yes. So maybe what we need to do is say, well, it could, it's, it's true in a sense that, that, that God hates, that God, for sure, God loves sinners. Mm-hmm. We're thankful for that. Yes. Um, and so God loves sinners, but there's a sense in which he also hates sinners. Yes. And so let's keep that in mind. Um, if you read through the Psalms before you know it, if you say God loves the sinner and hates the sin, or even if we apply it to us and say, well, we're supposed to hate the sin, but love the sinner. Generally true. Mm-hmm. I think that's not, that's not a bad way to go. Um, but again, needs nuance. Yeah. It sounds like a slam dunk. It sounds perfect. You look at it a little closer, well, actually imprecatory Psalms. Mm. Oh boy. Yeah. There, there is a sense in which we, we are, if we're modeling ourselves after the psalmist way of thinking, we, we are we are hating God's enemies. Yeah, uh, maybe with a holy hatred. Sure. Yeah. 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 And hoping that they die, <laughs> praying that God would mow them down. Yeah. So we, I think we have to pray for wisdom as to when we are praying for um, unbelievers, right? Uh, yeah. That they would flourish and live, and when and how we're praying for them that they would not flourish and die. Right. So that could maybe be an episode, Mike. That that one's on you. Okay. Uh, how I'll, to know when to pray imprecatory psalms. Imprecatory psalms. psalms. <laughs> how and when to pray those. And we can model it. Yes, it'll be perfect. It'll be a great episode. A top 10 <laughs> Pactum episode. That's going to be episode 1,007. Uh, it's going to be with Pastor Mike Grimes. It's going to be amazing. Well, we're so grateful for all of you joining us on the Pactum here for Evangelikitch 3.0. As always, you can be in touch with us on Twitter, at the Pactum, on Instagram, at the Pactum Theology, and you can be emailing us, connect at thepactum.org. Uh, we'd love your questions. We'll be doing more Pactum-responsive episodes in the future, so send us your questions. And if you send us a question we don't get back to, it's because we're saving it for an episode coming up soon. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time on The Pactum.